All right. Well, our second scripture reading for this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 13. Uh, we're going to read verses 31 through 35. Uh, this will be the basis of my sermon. Um, give you a moment to get there. Matthew 13, verses 31 through 35. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it find themselves to be growing in God's kingdom. When you read the biographies of some of the great missionaries, uh, they will often speak of those beginning years where they felt like they were laboring in vain. William Carey, the, the father of modern missions, he spent seven years in India before he saw his first convert. It took Adoniram Judson six years in Burma. And for Robert Moffat, it took over ten years in southern Africa. Now, now imagine if, say, after five years, these men would have just given up. Would there even be a Christian presence today in those regions of the world? How many would still be lost in their sins uh, without the humble beginnings of these missionaries? But that is how God's kingdom works. And our, and our parables for today, they, they demonstrate this. But, but before we dive in, let's, let's try to remind ourselves of exactly why Jesus began speaking in parables in the first place. As we have been going through the, through the gospel of Matthew, we have come to a point where Jesus had been experiencing an unorthodox mix of both popularity and rejection. And because of this, we, we saw that he changed his preaching style. And, and as he began to speak to the crowds, only in parables. And the reason he did this was to keep hidden the secrets of the kingdom of heaven from those who had hard hearts. The, this led to his first parable, the, 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 the parable of the sower. There we, we, we learned of three reasons why, why people reject this message of the kingdom. First, there are those who refuse to listen because they don't see the importance of what the king has to offer. They are apathetic to the message. This is a seed that lands on the path where, where Satan comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. And then there are, there are those who refuse to submit to the authority of Christ. This is a seed that falls on rocky soil. At first, they receive the message with joy, but when they face troubles or, or persecution, they, they fall away due to the pressures of this world. 
And the third reason why people reject this message of the kingdom is because there are those who, who were never truly devoted to Jesus in the first place. This is the seed that falls among the thorns. They too look to be strong at first, but the, but the worries of this life and their love for money choke out any love that they may have had for their king. But there was also a fourth soil, a good soil. And, and this is, is, are those who, who, who hear the message and understand it. Jesus tells us that they will produce a crop yielding a hundred 60 or 30 times what was sown. So what does this parable tell us? That the work of the church, the work of those who spread this message of the kingdom is a difficult task. The majority of the people to whom the message is shared will, will, re, will reject it in, in one way or another. But there will be some who will accept this message and the fruit that they will bear will make up for all the seed that was lost. And then last week we heard another parable, the parable of the weeds in the field. And it was there that that, that we learned that this kingdom of heaven would not come in a way that the people were expecting. With the arrival of the Messiah, there, there wouldn't be this immediate ushering in of a golden era. Instead, the the sons of the kingdom would live side by side with the sons of the evil one. Both the justice and the peace that we are seeking, it will have to wait until that final day when the world will be judged and the shalom of God will be ever present. And until that time, God's kingdom, it will be intermixed with these kingdoms of the world. So what this tells us is that the church will be constantly challenged by these same people who have rejected this message of the kingdom. But even though this is the case, despite all these challenges that the church will face, what we will learn today from our two parables is that the kingdom of heaven will be steadily growing. Let's take a look at our first parable, this parable of the mustard seed. Look at verses 31 and 32. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Now, the, the, the mustard plant that Jesus is talking about is most likely referring to what is, what is today known as a black mustard. It, it is not a tree in the sense that you think of trees. Rather, it is more like a, a, a shrub. And the typical black mustard plant, will, it will reach to about four or five feet in height. And while this may not seem to be very big, the, the, the point that Jesus is making is not to show its immense size. Rather, he wants to stress its small beginning. You see, the kingdom is like this humble seed. It, it starts off little, but it, but it is more powerful than you expect. Now, when you, when you look at a mustard seed, you will indeed find that it is very tiny. It only measures about a, a millimeter in diameter. 
you can see how, how minute they are in this picture right here. Think about that. It is from this, this little, little seed, that you can grow something very big. Jesus says that the kingdom is like that. It, it starts off little. It has this modest beginning. But it will eventually grow into something large and mature. Now there are two dangers that, that churches can fall into when it comes to the growth of the kingdom. And the first is to try to manufacture that growth in your own strength. Let me explain. Often today there is this pressure to see dynamic growth and, and instant success. Whether it's in business or in sports or in education, our, our society today demands to see immediate results. And to achieve that level of success, people will often take shortcuts. Think of all those baseball players that were, that were caught using steroids in order to gain an advantage. Or how about that businessman who will cheat people out of their money with his false promises of high returns? Unfortunately, the, 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 the church has not been exempt to the temptations of fast growth. We have caved to this incessant need to see results right away. Instead of trusting and relying on that mustard seed, that tiny little seed, the seed of the gospel, that seed that God has given to us, instead of relying on that, we have bought into gimmicks. Gimmicks that pander to the fads of our day. But with this type of mentality, what typically happens is that, is that we end up diluting the gospel message and end up filling our pews with false converts. Now this is not to say that God never moves quickly. In fact, if you look at the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, that, that first scripture reading that we read, we, we see thousands of people come to Christ in a single day. But Peter, he, he didn't use any gimmicks or try to pander to the whims of the crowd. The, the, the message he preached was not a feel-good message. Instead, he, he spoke the truth concerning Jesus and the people's need for, for repentance. Look at Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they, they, they were cut to the heart and, and said to Peter and, and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What do we see happening here? Peter was calling the people out for their sin. This Jesus whom you crucified. He, he was basically telling the crowds that, that, that God had sent to them their Messiah, but instead of following him, they murdered him. This is not a popular message. But what were the results? It says that the people were cut to the heart. They, they, they were feeling both the weight of their sin and the fear of God. And so they were asking, what shall we do? How did Peter respond? He called them to repentance. And this is exactly what they did. 
Look at verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Peter trusted in the message that he had been given, and it bore much fruit. There, There was no gimmick. There was no shortcut. He did not cave to the pressures of his culture or his society. He did not dilute the message in, in an attempt to make it pleasing to the ears. Instead, he, he, he planted that tiny mustard seed, and it grew into something far greater. And this is what we as God's people are called to do as well. We are to, we are to take this simple and humble message and rely on God to provide the growth. Listen. If you are trusting in your own ingenuity, in your own creativity, in an effort to make the kingdom grow, then you are not building the kingdom of God. Rather, you're building something else. God wants you to trust in his ways, even though they may seem small and humble. But there is a a, a second danger, a, a second extreme that we as a church can fall into. And that second danger is to do nothing at all. The Apostle Paul gives to us a great demonstration of what kingdom growth looks like in his letter to the church in Corinth. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 7. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And so what do we see here? It is God who does the real work, but we also see that both Paul and Apollos were not just sitting on their butts. They, they, were, they were active in the ministry of the gospel. The one was, was planting the seed, while the other was watering. They understood that that Christ had commissioned them with this message of the kingdom. And while while it is God who does the real work of of changing people's hearts, he uses his church as the means for delivering his message. Let me put it bluntly. A church that does not evangelize is a church that understands nothing about God's kingdom. So, We are neither to manufacture growth in our own strength, nor are we to sit on our our butts and do nothing. Instead, we should be planting the seed that God has given to us, which is the gospel message, and allow God to handle the growth. We don't worry about the results. Rather, we focus on the task that we have been given. And to press this point home, we see a similar message in Jesus' next parable. Let's look at the parable of the yeast in verse 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. If the mustard seed represents the kingdom's growth from small beginnings, then, then this yeast demonstrates the kingdom's reach. Just a little yeast 
and it works its way through the whole batch. Just like that, so does the kingdom spread out to the ends of the earth. And we see an example of this too in the book of Acts, in Paul's missionary journeys. While the kingdom began to grow in Jerusalem, eventually it traveled far and wide to places like Ephesus and and Athens and Rome. It, it, It could not be contained by a single nation or a lone ethnicity. For there is no language that it, that it doesn't translate to. There is no culture that it doesn't transform. For this simple message, this message of the kingdom, has the power to take a person who was spiritually dead and raise them to new life. But this parable of our Lord doesn't end with the book of Acts. For over the past 2,000 years, this yeast has, has reached the remotest villages into the strangest of tongues. From Sri Lanka to Mongolia, from, from Gambia to Djibouti, from, from Malta to Slovakia, from Uruguay to Guyana. The gospel has gone out impacting the hearts of billions and we as Christians should be praising God for this kingdom growth and this kingdom reach. For this is our desire, is it not? That, that, that the message of the gospel, this message that Jesus died for your sins and then rose from the dead, that, that this message would permeate into every culture and into every people group. Let me ask you, do you see the need to invest in communities outside of your own? Do you see the importance in missions? Here at, at First Congregation, we, we allow you the freedom to direct your funds, direct your funds to, the, to the ministry of your choice. In our local mission, the, the, the Congregational Kitchen, which many of you give to already, is an excellent way to invest in your own backyard. But do you give that same importance to to the strangers on the other side of the globe? Do you think outside of your community just as much as you do inside? Or are you insular in your thinking? Listen, the, the, the only reason that your church exists today is because a long time ago, missionaries were sent to places like Germany and, and England and Ireland and eventually even America. You are the beneficiaries of sacrifices made by churches in Israel, in Greece, in Rome. And now it is your turn to continue that tradition of allowing the yeast of the gospel to, to work through the dough that is our world. But it's not just about giving money. For God may be calling some of you to go. To travel to the, to the furthest reaches and to proclaim the message of the kingdom. Are you willing to answer the call? But as you ponder over that, let's look at the end of our passage. Look at verses 34 and 35. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. 
It is here that Matthew reminds us of Jesus' new modus operandi. He, he was now speaking to the crowds only in parables. And as we saw before, this was to hide his message from those who refused to listen. But there was also another reason. So that he could utter things hidden since the creation of the world. What Matthew is doing here is he is quoting Psalm 78 verse 2. And it is in this psalm that the author Asaph recounts the history of Israel from the Exodus up to the point of King David. He was not regaling the people with new tales. He was not telling them things that they didn't already know. No. Everyone knew about the parting of the Red Sea and their trials in the wilderness. It was common knowledge how God drove out the nations before them when they were entering the promised land. And how once they settled in that land, they were in this cycle of rebellion and repentance. The people knew these tales. But what Asaph does is that he, he, he ties these things together, helping the people to see the parable within. That God was working in their hearts through both his mercy and his judgment. And in what he was doing, he was, he was refining his people, preparing them for a kingdom and a king to lead them. He was getting them ready for King David, this man who was after his own heart. And in our parables for today, in a similar fashion, what, what Matthew records for us is, is what Jesus does to reveal to his disciples things that have been hidden since the creation of the world. He too is disclosing these old truths in a greater way so that those with ears to hear may be able to understand these kingdom realities in a greater light. That all these things, these stories that they already knew, all those messianic prophecies must be read in light of him and his mission. Just as Psalm 78 revealed Israel's history, Jesus is now the embodiment of that history. He is the true Israel, the one who fulfills all the types and shadows that we see in the Old Testament. Dear friends, are you listening? Are your ears open to hear, hear this message of the kingdom? Will you be receptive to the command of the gospel that Jesus died for your sins and then rose from the dead three days later and that he is now sitting at the right hand of the Father ruling over his kingdom and that he is calling you to repent and to trust in him. But, but more than that, he wants you to be a part of his kingdom growth, to rely on that tiny mustard seed. You see, when, when our Lord was hanging from that tree, it must have seemed to the people of that time like just another small detail in the history of our world. But this detail has grown into something massive. And, and the story of our King has spread to the ends of the earth. Do you see it? Jesus is this mustard seed. He is the yeast, and, it's, and his kingdom grows because of its humble beginning. And now this king has come to you as well. 
Do not reject his message just because it seems small or insignificant. For out of it will grow something greater than, greater than you can imagine. For the kingdom of heaven cannot be stopped. All of creation and all of history are pointing to its expanding dominion. And there will be a day when the, when the king will return once more. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the things hidden since the creation of the world, they will be revealed to everyone. Let us pray. Father, we come to you now, humbled by your message. Though it is just a tiny seed, it, it has a power like none other. May it reach into our hearts and grow. May your Holy Spirit change us from within giving us a passion for, for the world that is around us. May we be a part of this kingdom growth as the message of your Son goes out to every nation and to every tongue. We praise this in Jesus' name. Amen.